Hey, it's Kim Commando today, your daily podcast to keep you up to date with all things digital and beyond. And I'd love to have you be a part of our podcast. You can make an appointment to speak with me. Just head over to commando.com and on the top right, there's a button that says email Kim. Fill that out and that's it. I always like to kick things off with something super interesting. And this may sound a little far-fetched, but it actually happened. And if you're using an Apple AirTag on your dog, I want you to listen up because I want you to double check and make sure that that AirTag holder on the collar is snug and I don't want the AirTag to fall off because here's the reason why. This guy in Washington, D.C. lost track of his dog's AirTag. Apparently, it fell off the collar somehow. He looked for it in the dog's bed all over the house, in the dog's pile of toys, but he wasn't anywhere. But he could hear the faint beeping coming from the AirTag whenever he hit Find My Items on his iPhone. So what happened is, as he got his phone closer to the dog, he heard the AirTag beeping from the dog's stomach. Oh my gosh, that's right, the dog ate the AirTag. So luckily, the dog eventually threw it up. And guess what? This is amazing to me. It still works. The AirTag battery could do a real number on your pet's inside. So make sure that the holder is super snug on your dog's collar. But think about it this way. If all dogs go to heaven, where do you think cats go? Okay. Where do you think they go? You ready? Purgatory. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. I saw you smile. And on that happy note, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to this it's America's largest show about all things digital. It's called the Kim Commando Show because I just happen to be America's beloved digital goddess here with you once again. And are you ready to get tech savvier? I know because let's face it, tech is in every single thing that you do. And if you're just tuning into the Kim Commando Show, so glad to meet you. And if you're returning, I'm happy to see you again. And you can catch my award-winning show in over 420 top stations across the United States. Or if you want a podcast or webcast without those pesky commercials, head over to commando.com. And once you're there, click that big, bright yellow button in the top right-hand corner that says the Commando Community. You heard me right. It's commercial-free. I know you have at least a few questions about something digital I can help you out with. And that's why our T-Mobile Unlimited listener line is now open at one 825 is the way to join us. Every single day, I go to at least 30 different websites. I read everything. I talk to industry insiders to make sure that you and I are both up to date on everything that's happening in the tech world. And here are the top five things that you need to know right now, starting with number one. This technology may be the answer to rampant crime for hard hit stores and shops in major cities. And I'm telling you about it right now because it's coming to both grocery stores and big box stores near you. And the reason why is because shoplifting, these smash and grab crimes, general troublemakers, They've been causing large chain stores to put some major cities, they just give up and they just pull out of the cities. Talking about Starbucks, Nordstrom, Whole Foods, CVS, AT&T. They've abandoned ship in San Francisco, Portland, Chicago, Seattle, San Diego, and many other cities that are just a little soft on crime. So to the rescue is the bane of civil libertarians everywhere. I'm talking about facial recognition technology. Here's how it works. It alerts the security staff using an app the moment that a known thief or troublemaker enters the store. Now, over in London, it's called Face Watch, and it's been used there for many, many months. It only costs $300 a month, and it's putting it in reach of even the smaller stores. So the question is, is the technology a little too little, or is it just a little too late? Moving on to number two, Amazon Prime. Yeah, FTC is suing them because if you've been tricked into signing up for an Amazon Prime account at 140 bucks a year, you're not alone. 
The FTC says that Amazon tricked and trapped millions of people into recurring Prime subscriptions without their consent. In essence, yes, stealing hundreds of millions of dollars from customers. And Amazon makes it very difficult to buy a product without also subscribing to Prime when checking out. And it gets worse. When customers realize that they've been duped and they try to cancel, the FTC says that Amazon created this whole long and confusing process that derails most cancellations. This is really fascinating to me. Amazon internally called this tactic Iliad. You know what that is. It's named after the ancient Greek poem describing the decades-long Trojan War. So FTC is suing. Naturally, Amazon denies everything. Moving on to number three, hospitals are under attack. In many cases, it's actually their own fault. Cyber attacks on hospitals have more than tripled in the past five years because cyber criminals know that hospitals have no choice but to pay the hackers' ransomware demands. Only halfway through the year, and so far, American hospitals have been hit with more than 225 severe digital attacks. Wow, that's a lot. Now, these hacks directly affect 36 million patients this year alone, so far. Now, in a crippling cyber attack, it's just really, really bad. The hospitals lose their entire computer systems. And what's on their entire computer systems? Everything in the hospital, including your medical records. So many times, the hospital's operations are reduced to handwritten notes and life-saving treatments are delayed or misunderstood. And now you can bet that any organization that's crippled in a cyber attack has not put their cybersecurity first. And this is just totally inexcusable when patients' lives are at risk. Moving on to number four, you need to stop writing checks. That's right. If you're still paying your bills with checks, you need to switch to electronic payments today. And here's the reason why. In the past year, American banks reported more than 608,000 check fraud incidents. This is double over the past year. Now, most check fraud happens when the mail is stolen. The post office says that mail theft is at an all-time high. And once the thief has the check, they change the name of the payee to themselves. Now, if you have to issue a check, you want to use a special pen, uh, such as the Uniball 207 series pen with ink, it bonds into the paper and it makes it more difficult for criminals to wash the ink or erase it. And be sure that your checks do not show your phone number or social security number. You really just want to try to pay all your bills online whenever possible. And it's best if your mailbox locks because this way, mail pirates won't be able to steal your mail. It's that simple. And finally, this coming in at number five, Netflix, oh, the big family breakup. I read about this over at the Wall Street Journal, and I just laughed out loud. It seems like the Netflix password sharing crackdown is in full swing, and American families are making some really difficult decisions. If you haven't heard, you can't share your Netflix password with anyone who's not living in your home anymore. Now, many people report telling family and friends that they need to get their own Netflix password is painful. They describe it almost like a big major breakup. So when Netflix began, it was a competitor of Blockbuster Video. I don't know if you remember that. You know, be kind, rewind. Well, instead of stores, Netflix mailed you an actual DVD. But the going was tough. So in a last-ditch effort to survive, Netflix began a streaming service. Then, to attract customers, Netflix actually encouraged all of us to share our passwords. And the rest is history because now streaming services are fighting for survival, and Netflix has every right to ask each household to pay its own way. Now, none of this matters when you're telling your mom that she can't use your Netflix password anymore. That's pretty rough. But think about it. After everything that she's done for you, 
I just pay for her Netflix subscription and don't say anything to her. Hey, we just have a jam-packed show. You don't want to miss a moment. We're talking about the pictures that you're posting of your kids online. Mm, Maybe it's not always in their best interest. And speaking of photos, how to erase things from photos the easy way. I'm talking about photo bombers, things in the background. You have this great shot of the beach, but there's some schlub behind you. You're like, okay, I just want that person to go away. And then in this show's security tip, Google's dark side. There are five search terms that you should avoid at all costs. Do not put these into Google. You will get into trouble 100% guaranteed. And of course, we have all of your phone calls and you have me, Kim Commander. Hey, our T-Mobile Unlimited listener line is now open at one 825 is the way to join us. And if you're listening on the radio, that's awesome. But I just want to remind you that you can also catch the Kim Commando Show as a podcast. It's available Monday through Friday. Just look up Commando with a K wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's start with James in South Bend, Indiana. I have a question, and I don't know who, who else to ask. Um, I'm concerned about the possibility of spying by the Chinese hobby drones, and I'm wondering, is this is it just hypothetical, or is it documented that it has happened, and is there anything that hobbyists can do to prevent it? So are you you're concerned about the DJI drones? Correct. And what concerns you the most about it? Um, oh, I don't know. I don't suppose I'm going to be filming any national secrets or anything. I just, um, I just don't want to make it easier for them. If I can avoid it. Okay. Well, you know, DJI, as you know, and as you said, it's a, it's a Chinese company. And there are concerns about the Chinese government having access to data captured by the drones, such as video footage, flight path information. And DJI always says, oh, all this information is stored on secure servers in the United States, and we don't share that data with the Chinese government. But, you know, if you're in communist China, you're owned by a Chinese company and they come over and they say, we want your data. What do you think they're going to say, James? Mm. Here you go. Right. So that's why DJI is not permitted to be used for military use here inside the United States. So as so as far as the idea of, you know, drone footage going back to China and creating and being saved and who knows what. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a concern for everybody. Uh, and we are, our measures that we are trying to take in place with foreign made drones, such as this in, in restricting them in certain government operations. Uh, they are, they being the United States government is trying to give some incentives for drone manufacturing to move here in the United States. And they are calling for stricter standards and regulations for data security in drones. But this is just part of a, an entire big picture about so much of whatever we use and consume and buy here in the United States is being done in China, from our pharmaceutical drugs to our phones to TikTok taking over, I don't know, three quarters of all the teens here in the United States are on TikTok every single day. And TikTok keeps track of everything that you do on the phone, including your your text, your photos, uh, your location. I mean, it, it's it's a valid, valid concern that I don't know if a lot of Americans realize what exactly could be going on. It's not necessarily that we're that drone footage in South Bend, Indiana is going to take down the whole country. Not that 
Bobby in Roswell, New Mexico is hanging out on TikTok for six hours a day. It's the culmination. It's the summation, rather, of everything that is happening. So that, say, for example, combining the drone footage with all the data that's being uh, gathered by the TikTok users in a certain community would allow the Chinese to pass along a deep fake video of the president of our United States saying that we are about ready to launch a war with China or Russia when that is not happening. That's what my concern is. Not necessarily that the Chinese know where I'm located every single moment. Because the government knows where that is. I mean, just look, you carry a cell phone, that's where it happens. But it is something that we all should be aware of. Over at commando.com, we have a list of companies that have direct ties to China, whether it's Huawei, Lenovo, DJI, TikTok, uh, Xi'an, Timu, whatever it may be. And we also tell you how you can, say, mitigate some of the information that you are sharing and why you really need to get off of TikTok and you shouldn't be using Timu, by the way. And again, that's over at commando.com. James, thanks for your call. Really great food for thought for all of us. Boy, so many good callers to choose from. Um, Bruce in Port Angeles, Washington. Hi there, Bruce. Well, um, uh, what I'm looking for is a, a calendar that I can use across all my mobile devices. Uh, that's pads and phones. Mm-hmm. Uh, mainly for my wife, between my wife and myself. Is there a shareable calendar that you're aware of that uh, I've tried the Google Calendar, I've tried Samsung, and I haven't had any luck at getting those to work. Why not? Um, I couldn't get the calendars to update each other. Hmm. Because that is... I'm sure it's my fault. (laughs) I'm going to have to come to Seattle and fix this for you, Bruce. I just have a feeling I need to do this for you. Um, (laughs) Because, you know, anytime you're talking about calendars, of course, there are different options out there. But it's really (laughs) hard to beat. It's really hard to beat Google Calendar. It really is. Um, So are you both on Samsung? Yes. Okay. this is, it's it's probably all in the setup. And I don't mean to push everything back on you because because Google's shared calendars, they have really streamlined this. And that it's really pretty simple to set up. But what I would want to do is I want to send okay. you the steps. Because uh, these, aren't, these aren't steps where we can do this on the air because then that would get kind of crazy. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put you on hold. We're going to send you the steps on how to do this. Uh, okay. For you to how to open the calendar on your place and go into my computers, hit the plus sign, name the calendar, create the calendar, and then on your wife's calendar, go over to the my calendar section and do the whole reverse. And I bet you once you start doing that, that everything's going to be pretty good because your wife's going to receive an email inviting her to get the shared calendar. She needs to accept that invitation to the shared calendar her advice. And if she can't see it, she might need to do, go open up the Google Calendar on her Samsung device. And so it does get a little tricky. So it's it's not just you. It's not just like, okay, let's go get a Google Calendar and go bing, bing, bing. Oh, life is good. I see a unicorn. No, not always the case. So let us send you those steps. Uh, if you have any trouble afterwards, you want to look at another option. But I think once you get this good to go, I think you're going to be pretty happy at it. And the, the Google Calendar, the reason why I say that it's hard to replace, because it just has so many different options. It does reminders and notifications. Uh, it gives you a lot of event details and it integrates with Google Maps. And you can have documents and pictures as attachment and guests. Uh, it does a lot of syncing between computers and tablets and phones. 
And so it gives you easy access to your schedule wherever you're located. So that's why when it comes to calendar, I use it myself on all my devices. and It is pretty sweet. All right, let's talk about posting pictures of your kids online. If you're putting them on social media, I know you're just super proud of them. But are you putting them in danger or are you giving away their privacy? Because here's the deal. It's one thing to put yourself out there. It's another thing entirely to post information about your kids or even someone else's. So parents, I'm really talking to you. What you post online is forever. And that picture that you post of an embarrassing moment in your child's life could have a lasting impact about how they're perceived, especially as they get into middle school and high school. I also want you to limit any information that you post about their location. Those details could be used to find or locate your kid. And so their full name, their school, other personal information, just a bad idea to actually put any of that online. And also check your privacy settings. Make sure who's looking at your posts are who you intended and not some creep. I mean, it reminds me of a test that I did with my niece, Danielle, years ago. I asked her, Dan, and I asked her, hey, Dan, if you're on the soccer field and a cop comes over to you and says, oh, my gosh, are you Danielle because your mom and dad were in this horrible car accident and I want you to come with me so that this way I can take you there, would you actually go? And she said to me, you know, Aunt Cam, I would go if the cop was actually wearing a uniform. And I explained to her, like, no, you, you can buy a policeman's uniform you know, just off the street, you buy it online. That doesn't mean that that person is an official cop. So you want to start talking to your kids too about stranger danger and also what they may be posting online. And I know this isn't a topic that you want to have because it's not fun to talk about, but if you ever need help bringing this up to your kids, head over to commando.com slash contract. That's commando.com slash contract. That's where I have my, posted for many years my free kids tech contract. So you can go through the rules of the road about internet safety and also smartphone safety and good stuff like that. That's commando.com slash contract. Stay right where you are. We have more tips and colors you don't want to miss here on Kim Commando today. Hey, coming up in just a few moments, five things that you should never Google search because you will get into trouble guaranteed. And of course, we have your phone calls. And before we get to all of that, let's talk about photos. You finally took the perfect selfie only to realize it's just ruined by a bunch of strangers photobombing in the background. Now, before you delete it, there's this really great free Google tool that's going to clean up that picture in no time at all. Because at one point in time, this would have been a total hassle. You'd have to like take it to somebody who was an expert Photoshopper to remove any bystanders. But now Google has something called the magic eraser. Here's how it works. You just open up your Google Photos app and then you pick the photo. Tap the edit button and then select magic eraser. This thing is truly magic. Trust me. It will automatically try to identify the unwanted objects. And if the app gets it right, just tap the erase button to remove them. And if it doesn't get it right, you can just maybe take matters into your own hands. Just draw over the objects with your finger to erase them, tap done and save the image. And that's it. Oh gosh, it's so cool. All right, back to the phones we go with Barbara in Port Angeles, Washington. Hi, Kim. Nice to talk to you. Thank you. What's happening? It started with, uh, you know, the news all the time is all the fentanyl deaths that are in our country. Everybody's, um, it's something else. And uh, until it, you know, until you maybe have a relative or a friend whose mm-hmm. child died of fentanyl. Anyway, so uh, my husband and I were talking about that, and he said, geez, why doesn't somebody do like Johns Hopkins did during COVID? 
kept that running total of what's happened, you know, every, all these deaths around the country, around the world. So that was the one thought. And then you think about all these kids who are dying from um, challenges or something that they see on TikTok and Snapchat. And I thought, geez, reminded me of you back in the day of Mindspace. You used to, on your show, talk about the dead women or the um, murdered women of MySpace. And I thought, gosh, why? That would be, boy, that would be a huge undertaking. But so many kids are dying from what they see on Snapchat and um, and TikTok. You know, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a really interesting thought, Barbara. Um, I had the opportunity to speak to a mom whose 13-year-old son uh, died from the blackout challenge. Oh, jeez. And, and, and he wasn't a, because I actually asked her, you know, I mean, a lot of times you hear about kids, they are social deviants, right. they just play video games, they don't mm-hmm. go outside. Yeah, that wasn't, this was not her son. Mm-hmm. He was in the science fair. Oh, he geez. played two sports. He had all... And he actually did the blackout challenge on FaceTime with two of his oh friends because his quote unquote girlfriend challenged him to do it. And he died on FaceTime upstairs in oh, his bedroom. Yeah. I just... And it's and you know, and the social media companies, they don't they're like, oh, yeah. well, you know, we're sorry. Yeah. I mean, we, there's nothing we can do. And so, so there is bipartisan legislation that's moving down now. And a lot of states are, are finally getting involved. In Montana, they mm-hmm. banned TikTok. In Utah, they've banned all of social media unless the uh, unless the kids get parental, you know, um, yeah. approval. And some of these kids that are dying now are eight and nine years old. Uh, so right now it's using a, a shoestring. And, you know, so it's not it's not just Tide Pods it would be it would be a it would be a huge undertaking, and you know it. And I will think about it. How the best way if if I could do it, how that who I could get involved to help me do that. But you, you have to sort of. I mean, how, everybody's barraged with all kinds of stuff. You just get numb to it. You have to do something that will jerk somebody out of their reverie. I don't. I don't know. It's something's got to be done. Well, you know, maybe there's an organization. There's an organization, Barbara, about 1,800 moms who have lost their kids to social media uh-huh. challenges. Think about that. 1,800 suffering mothers right now. And that's a drop in the bucket, actually. Media. There are a whole lot more than that. And that's just with that organization, right? Yes, yeah. but this is just, yes, yeah, that's just within that organization. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely correct. Um, but, you know, it's crucial for parents, caregivers, educators to promote social media guidelines and you know parents have to monitor their online activity like this mom said you know i was involved she said i picked up his phone his father did but he was up in his bedroom oh geez on facetime so how many parents me included when ian was 13 years old the kid would be on facetime with his friends in his room doing homework i mean Mm -hmm. you know so so it's it's a it's a it would be a big ask but i'm 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 going to take this ask, and I'm going to see what I can do with it. Uh, I'll have to give it some thought, some considerable thought, and think about what kind of resources we could pull together. But maybe if we did have that running total, and that total is much higher, as you so astutely mentioned, Barbara, it's going to be higher than 1,800, is that maybe each time it ticks over that 
one parent somewhere will say, hey, you know what, let me talk to you about these stupid social media challenges and why you shouldn't partake in them. Barbara, thank you for your call. That's a really great suggestion. Uh, let's see. Up next, Jack in Yakima, Washington. I, uh, I must say I really enjoy you know, listening to your show, but also receiving that daily newsletter update. Uh, that, that's very helpful. Awesome. Well, thank you for your kind words, Jack. And so what's on your mind today? I've been receiving mail for a person uh, to my home, which I have owned for multiple years. Uh, I don't believe this person has ever lived here before because I, I know the people that I bought the house from. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, I'm, I'm, I'm not, very, um, not very techie, so I'm looking for a way to protect myself against possible fraud. I don't know if this person is trying to establish residency. Oh, I see. I don't, I don't know. You know, I'm seeing ads on TV for home title insurance, things like that. So I'm, I'm just curious if you have any suggestions. What kind of mail is coming in? Well, the one I've got sitting in front of me right now is from our Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, addressed to this person, and it's a survey. Okay. Other, th- other things have been uh, typical sales-type brochures and things like that. I have not received anything in the way of utility bills or, you know, credit card statements or anything like that. So, so far, it's, okay. it seemed rather innocent. All right. So let's talk about let's let's talk about the steps to to take right now. Okay. Uh, number one, uh, you know, don't open the mail. Uh, it's illegal. So mm-hmm. let's just put just put this off to the side. Now, what you can do is write mm-hmm. return to sender on it, and then put it back in the mail. And the postal service should return it to the sender, and then stop delivering if it's apparent that the person doesn't live there. Um, I would also right. do this. I would been, do, I, been doing that. Perfect. Okay. I would also uh, collect all this mail and physically take it down to your local post office or speak to your mail carrier directly and talk about the situation and say, you know what, you need to update your records. This woman doesn't live here um, and I don't want to get her mail. And then also keep a lookout for important documents. You know, you're, you're pretty savvy in what you said, like I'm worried if there's something else going on. So you want to look for anything that is important, um, bank statements, credit card or offers. If you start getting mm-hmm. these kinds of mail, it could be uh, worth reporting to the situation to, again, the post office, because now we're looking at maybe identity theft, and maybe somebody's using your address oh. for that. Now, you mentioned you're worried about your home and things like that. Now, what you can do, which I encourage everybody to do, uh, is you go on to Zillow.com, Jack, and there's a way there that you claim your home, okay? And and so you're going to go on Zillow and say, this is my house. Now, the reason why you're going to do that is because if the status of your house ever changes, okay, meaning all of a sudden it's put up for sale, uh Maybe somebody else says, it's my house, is that you get an automatic notification. In addition to that, they tell you how the market's doing, if your prices, your house is going up or down, and you know good things like that. It gives you a chance to see what your house might be worth on the open market, according to Zillow and their Zestimate. And I know 
It's not the most accurate number out there in the entire universe. I get that, but it's a good idea to claim your house. So uh, head over to Zillow.com and claim your house there. You can do the same thing at Redfin at Realtor.com as well. Uh, But Jack, I wouldn't worry about this too much until you start getting those bank statements, but definitely get in touch with your local post office and your mail carrier. All right, Google has a dark side. There are five search terms that I want you to avoid at all cost. These are scammy ads, and they do what's called SEO poisoning. What that means is that it's not only sponsored results where there are paid ads used to drive traffic to websites, but cyber crooks are doing more than that. They are getting into search engine optimization so that their malicious search links are at the top of the organic results. So what terms should you avoid? Okay, there's a bunch, but we're going to focus on the top five. Number one, free credit report. Now, of course, the Federal Fair Credit Reporting Act says that the three credit reporting agencies, you know who they are, TransUnion, Experian, Equifax, they have to give us a free annual credit report. And you know what? The scammers know this. So when you type in free credit report, their scammy ads might be at the top. So there's only one place you should go. That's annualcreditreport.com. That's annualcreditreport.com. Now, next on the list, oh, tech support phone numbers. Fake numbers are just a classic. Now, if the scammers can figure out how to get your bank's name to appear when they call, you bet they can get their numbers high in the searches. So over on the website, we have a few of the most searched phone numbers that you can just get for free and you know that they're legit. I'm talking about phone numbers for Amazon, Microsoft, Apple, Google, and also Meta. Uh, Number three in our list is how to make money online. Okay, be skeptical If one just falls out of the virtual sky with more income and perks than you'd get with a regular job, and then it's going to to be at the top of the Google search results. So just don't do that. Next on our list, free people search. You don't want to do that. You're going to end up at some scammy website where they're going to say, oh, we need $15, $50 a month. Okay. You, You know, there's an art to do this through Google. And this is not the way. We have the tips on how to do a free background search on somebody over on the website. And finally, crypto wallet. Wow, if you have some money in crypto you're trying to get in or you're saying, I want to get the money out of an exchange, here's the deal. Do not Google search crypto wallet. We have lists of the legitimate crypto wallets over at commando.com. Now, if you missed any of this or you want to share it with somebody, just uh, over at commando.com, just type in, you know, Google's dark side and this tip will pop right up. Okay, it's summertime, the living is easy. And when you get back from vacay, that inbox, oh, it's overwhelming. Well, there are some tricks of the trades that when you get back from that trip, that you're not overwhelmed in your inbox. We have that and more of your phone calls you don't want to miss here on Kim Commando today. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. All right, James in South Bend, Indiana. Hello. I'm curious about a new product on the market, a screen protector, which leaves a hard coating, and it sounds great. I have heard that it it helps to cover up light pre-existing scratches, which I have some. Um, 
But I'm curious. I, I've also read somewhere that it's not removable. The idea of a screen protector is um, you damage the screen protector, then you peel it off and put on a new one. But um, what, what happens with yeah. this? Or has, has it even been in use long enough to to advise whether it's a good product to use or not? And, well, you know, it's always a good idea to protect the screen on your phone because, as we all know, uh, it's easily scratched. And if you drop it, it's not as bad as it used to be, but it used to be you dropped your phone and be like, oh, no, it just cracked eight ways right. from Sunday. Um, so, you know, the, the, the plastic screen protectors, I have them on my phones, uh, and they do work great. And as you said, is that, you know, you scratch your screen, just peel it off, and you're like, yes, you know, or whatever it may be. Now, the liquid screen protectors, I will tell you that you do have to be careful using them, okay? Uh, it does get rid of the minor scratches, but it does take a lot of time and patience. No Red Bulls before you do this. I don't want your hands shaking. And make sure that you're in a really, really good light to apply it the right way. Now, the level of scratch resistance and durability, it varies from brand and product. Um, and... They are not a replacement for traditional screen protectors because then it's actually better for drops and impacts. So if you're asking me liquid versus just the traditional screen protector, I'm going to say go with the traditional screen protector uh, because, let's see, they're not very expensive. They're like eight, or eight to ten bucks and you get a pack for a pack of two. And it's a lot easier to put that on than to work with the liquid screen protector. Uh, James, thank you so much for your call. Hey, I just want to take a moment and let's talk about the free newsletters. If you're not getting the Kim Commando Show free newsletters, you're just missing out. Over 400,000 folks do every single day. We're talking about the latest tech news, tech tips. We have the scam warnings, the data breaches, the recalls. Everything that we are sending you every single day is worthwhile information. Let me tell you, I was looking at the reviews on the newsletters. We have like almost 35,000 thumbs up. And about, I don't know, 700 thumbs down. So those are pretty decent odds that you're going to love our free newsletter. So here's what you need to do right now while you're thinking about it. Head over to getkim.com. Once again, that's getkim.com. And just give us your email address. We're not going to sell, lease, distribute your email address to anybody. So you don't have to worry about that. And then you're going to start getting tech savvy every single day in your inbox for free. That's right, for free. And if you used to get our newsletters and you said, oh, gosh, they were full of ads and I didn't like them, you know, try them again. I totally blew them up and they are fabulous. They are just wonderful. Once again, it's getkim.com. That address is getkim.com. Okay, so let's say you're boogie boarding in Hawaii. The last thing that you want to think about is email in your inbox, right? You want to have the best vacation possible because it just costs you a ton of money. So how do you keep your inbox work-free for the next vacay? Well, start by making a really good out-of-office message autoresponder. Not just say, hey, I'm on vacation. No, mention the days that you'll be out. And then also, most importantly, put in there who to contact in case something urgent is happening before you get home. Next up, organize your inbox. Try to get to every outstanding email in your inbox and complete whatever actions are in them before you actually head out. Now, this is super handy. Schedule your emails. If there are emails that you need to send while you're away, write them before you leave, say to your team or about a meeting, and then use the scheduling feature in your email program to send them where you're sitting there on the beach with a little drink, with a little umbrella, and having a great time. Hey, thanks for joining us. Be sure to tell three friends about the Kim Commando Show and podcast because knowledge is power. Find me at commando.com.
This program is a copyrighted production of Westar Multimedia Entertainment and protected by the copyright laws. Any rebroadcast or use of this program for commercial, business, economic, or financial purposes without the written permission of Westar Multimedia Entertainment is strictly prohibited. Thank you.